You are listening to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast, where everyday girls let you in on their breastfeeding journeys. And I will unpack all things breastfeeding. I'm your host, Susie Prout, a midwife and lactation consultant. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 16 of the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast. Today, I have Jessica Tutton here with me. Now, Jess is a mum of three little boys. She lives in Perth, and she also runs her own business, which she helps people create and launch online courses. So she works in digital marketing. And Jess also runs the podcast called Business Babies and Passive Income with Jessica Tutton. And this is where I actually found Jess because obviously running my own small business like I do and being a midwife and a nurse with zero techie and marketing skills, I need all the help I can get. So that is a fantastic podcast to listen to if that is what you need. And you can also find Jess on Instagram at Jessica underscore Tutton or www.jessicatutton.com.au. But I will tag all of that in the notes for you. I asked Jess if she would be a guest on my podcast because I think her story is really inspiring and it is going to be helpful to so many listeners, especially a little niche here of listeners who have bubs or are pregnant with babies who are going to have a cleft palate and or lip or are dealing with that at the moment, dealing with expressing and dealing with supply lines and dealing with neonatal intensive care units and just navigating breastfeeding when it doesn't go the way that we hope that it goes. So we are going to chat about how Jess navigated breastfeeding and just having a new baby with a cleft lip and palate with feeding difficulties and also her more straightforward breastfeeding journeys with her other two little boys and also having three small children at home, how she managed to grow a successful business with small babies in tow. For anyone not sure what we mean when we say cleft lip and palate, this happens when the structures that form the upper lip and palate in the mouth of the baby in the womb do not develop correctly and then they fail to actually join together. And you can have a cleft lip without the cleft palate and vice versa. Okay, so Jess, thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your busy life to chat with me. Thanks for having me. And when you reached out, you know, to set up this interview, I was more than happy to jump on because I love talking about breastfeeding and everything that goes along with (laughs) trying to get your babies fed. (laughs) Oh, awesome. That's great. Okay. So can you start by telling me briefly how your pregnancy went with your first baby? And did you know that you were going to have feeding difficulties when he was born or was that a surprise to you? No, it definitely wasn't a surprise. So at 20 week ultrasound, they picked up that he had a cleft lip and palate. And then from there, we were referred to, you know, our big hospital in Perth, which was King Eddie's to get further ultrasounds. And during those ultrasounds, we got a clear indication of what we would be facing when he was born. So (laughs) he wasn't just born with a cleft lip and palate. He also had you know, a missing jaw, which obviously made feeding impossible and a few other challenges, like he's missing his ear and things like that. Yeah, gosh, yeah, super hard. Gosh, so was he then born at King Edward? He was, and we were very much prepared for, you know, him not just 
not being able to feed, but also breathing difficulties. So it was a C-section and, you know, when he was born, he was intubated and not just taken to neonates, but also taken to the, another hospital. So he was right. taken to the children in Perth. Yes. Right. Oh gosh. Okay. So a really, really, really big and stressful time for you. I can, I can't even imagine how yeah, you had to navigate yeah, all, yeah. all of that. And so when you were discharged from your hospital and went over to the children's hospital, I suppose, to be with him while he was there for a good while, did you live there on the hospital or did you just visit it every day? Yeah, I definitely, even when I was recovering from my C-section at King Edward's hospital, I managed to sneak away in my wheelchair. Oh. <laughs> I remember my mum like, <laughs> helping me escape in my wheelchair to go and see him in neonate because I guess being my first child as well, it was just such a strange feeling to, you know, have your baby inside of you and then all of a sudden it's not there anymore and you can't see him and you can't have that bonding experience. So, yeah, I definitely made an effort to go and see him as soon as possible and then we did manage to get a room at the hospital so I managed he was in hospital for eight weeks I think initially I lived there for four weeks and then they kicked me out (laughs) (laughs) and then I just traveled daily to spend the day with him yeah right and how long was he intubated for he was intubated for the first week and then he moved to having, have you heard of a nasal pharyngeal airway? Yes, yes. So it's like a tube. It's like a 10 centimetre-ish tube that went down his nostril to right, keep yes. his airway open. He actually needed that for two years. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so basically, At yeah. Home with it as well. Yeah. yeah. And every week we would have to replace that tube down his nose just, just to keep his airway open. So, yeah, oh wow, Jess, this is not oh my definitely God. not a typical yeah, newborn story. No, but. no, but wow, <laughs> incredible! Yeah, this is incre- incredible. The the things uh, medical science can do now, isn't it? Right. Yes, yeah. definitely. And so then, as you were kind of navigating him in hospital, did you? happened to be able to have any skin to skin with him or any holds or I can imagine that would be quite hard to navigate all the tubes and everything that's going on yeah it was really hard I think I held him for the first time when he was five days old but even that was you know just on a pillow not skin to skin because he was still intubated yeah I think it would have been over a week until I got to hold him skin to skin maybe even two weeks but you know, I still, in terms of breastfeeding, especially yeah. when I was at King Eddie's away from Taman, yeah. the midwives were so great. I mean, you can imagine they would have all felt so sorry for me. Yeah. <laughs> so they definitely helped me to quickly establish my supply. Like they would wake me up during the night to help me hand express. And yeah, they, yeah. they were great in helping me kickstart my breastfeeding yeah, because it was, right. I really wanted to help him out in any way that I could. And I felt like by expressing, especially in those early days, it was giving him the best chance. And that was the only way at that stage that I could help him. 
Yes. And so many girls say that when they've got babies in the NICU at the beginning, they, they say they don't mind waking up in the night and doing all this because this is their little job that they can do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was so helpful. Oh, that's awesome. And so at the beginning, did you hand express and then move to regular pumping? So you got the colostrum yep. out at, at the beginning? Yep, definitely moved to the double electric breast pump when I could. Yep. But yeah, in those early stages, it was just hand expressing. Okay. And then when was he able to have any of your breast milk? And how did he get that? Was it via a tube? Well, initially it was just little syringes in those early days and they would actually transfer it to the hospital oh, <laughs> from yeah. one hospital to another <laughs> to get it to him. But I'm pretty sure, and I don't have a great memory of this, but they did have to top him up with formula initially. What was your question there? Sorry. Did oh, I answer yes. that question? Yes. No, no, that's right. So I was saying, how did he get the colostrum in? And you were saying it was having little syringes at the beginning and then he moved on to. Yes. Onto and tube. that was being... Yeah, and he was also tube fed, so just like a nasal gastric, is that what it's called? Yes, tube? yeah, yeah. To get the milk in. But then when he could, he, you know, at around four weeks, he moved to having milk through a bottle, and that was with a Haberman tea. Yep. Yep, so that basically means he couldn't suck because he had no, what do you call it? No. The palate, yeah. Yeah, the cleft palate. Yeah. You, you couldn't close his mouth basically. Couldn't get a Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So with the Haberman tea, you control the flow by squeezing the teat and then the milk goes out. Mm. And yeah, that's how we fed him, you know, until he could drink from a cup basically. Okay. Yeah. So when you went home with him after those eight weeks, were you feeding him yeah. still via a nasogastric tube and a bottle or was he just straight onto bottles then? So we were using the bottles to help him learn how to swallow but yeah. majority of his feed was through the tube so yeah. they kind of gave us a time limit like get as much milk as you can into him in maximum like 30 minutes using the bottle you know to get him used to sucking and yeah. then the remainder of the milk after that time put it down through the tube basically yeah yeah that's great and i know he would have had more surgeries for other aspects as well of of his face, as you were saying, then if someone mm -hmm. just had the cleft palate, the le cleft lip. But when was his main surgery, do you remember, for his palate? That was, I think it was around nine months old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did you find a really, just for girls listening, if they are in the same position with the palate, did you find that really effective for his suck and swallow then? Our case was a little bit different because he also had the recessed jaw. So we actually found that when he had his palate repair, it did make feeding easier. Yeah. But it made breathing harder in his case. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not ideal. But I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It, it did make some things easier, especially feeding, because he was on solids at that stage, you know? So Yeah, true. Um, yeah. Imagine yeah. try feeding a baby with a cleft palate, you know, all these purees and it's just going everywhere. So everywhere. Yeah. It did, yeah. yeah. Oh, it definitely, wow. That's just an incredible, incredible story. And um, I think we could probably sit here for hours and, and talk about <laughs> that. But I, I also want to 
look at the difference in now when you, so how old was Taman when you fell pregnant with your second child? He was one. Okay. Yeah. And so then when you had him, when you had your second little boy, did, was the birth and the first few days, it would have been completely different, but did you find that your milk supply was a lot greater when you after you'd had your second little boy because you weren't separated from him straight away yeah it was definitely easier but harder (laughs) in some ways because all of a sudden like you've got a baby to care for and you've got to try get your milk supply up and just a whole set of new challenges like although with Taman we had so many medical challenges I mean if you think he was in hospital for eight weeks I didn't have to actually care for him Whereas with Kobe, my second, all of a sudden, (laughs) it's a completely different experience. And he had a tongue tie. So I think it was the second night, you know, when they suck all night long trying to, you know, get your supply going. Yeah. I just remember my nipples were bleeding and sore and cracked and (laughs) all sorts. So, yeah. And I just thought, you know, breastfeeding is not easy, you know. Yeah. It's easy eventually, but in those early days, unless you know it's going to get easier, I can see how some people would totally freak out and give up. <laughs> yeah, completely. Because there's so much emphasis on the birth and there always has been so much emphasis on the birth and there just needs to be a little bit more emphasis on that breastfeeding. Often women describe it as harder than the birth because it goes on for longer. You never know yeah. when it's going to get better you're feeling confused for so long and sometimes girls give up and then in, they'll look back and think, oh, should I have tried for another couple of weeks or when, were, yeah. when was I going to turn the corner? Yeah, and it, that's right. It is like turning a corner because yeah. it does get so easy. And, you know, when you look at like movies and pictures of people breastfeeding, it looks so beautiful. Yeah. And then in those early days when you're in hospital and you're struggling with supply and the baby's screaming and you've got sore nipples, it's like, what am I for? Yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Did you have the tongue tie snipped in hospital? We had it snipped when he was five days old. It wasn't in hospital, but once we were discharged, we did. And that changed everything again. That just made it so much easier. Yeah, awesome. Because there's there's still a lot of controversy around tongue ties. Yeah. And But certainly in lactation consultants' eyes, we can just see that there is so much... There's so much good that it does when... If there's a real tongue tie and it gets managed and it gets snipped and then the breastfeeding can just be turned around in a really short amount of time mm. if they, you know, they snipped really early on. So that's great that that was a success for you. Yeah, definitely. And while I was waiting for him to snip, I also fell back to expressing because that just gave me the break that I needed to, yes. yeah. you know, heal and recover mentally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And when did you find that, you turned the corner and went from thinking breastfeeding is really hard to this is probably, you know, probably easier than bottles. Ooh, I would even, if I look at now my, cause I've got my third baby Ashton, he's yeah. three months. I would say around the two month mark, you know, when they're that little bit bigger yeah, and they can do a lot of the work themselves rather than you have having to, you know, do a lot of positioning work and things like that. So yeah. I would say two months. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really quite common. Until it gets really easy and convenient. And then, you know, I just love the freedom of being able to go out for the day and your boobs are just can (laughs) hold all the milk. You don't have to worry about bottles. You don't have to worry about expressing equipment and everything like that. Yeah. No, it's, I completely agree. And a lot of girls say, you know, when am I going to turn the corner? And I always give it at least six weeks. And as you say, you got, you know, two months, we can't expect anything to yes. really kind of take charge, anything to get a lot easier until we're after that six week mark. So that's yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. a good point that you said kind of the two months. And so how long did you breastfeed him for? 12 months or just over. Yeah, great. And did you find the weaning process tricky? Was it something you decided or he decided? Yeah, it was quite tricky, but I think I decided because I needed to, I don't know, I felt like I wanted my body back. Yeah. As selfish as that sounds. No, 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 completely. I completely understand. (laughs) He was such a clingy baby. I just needed to be able to pass him to the hubby to, you know, manage the feeds every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Would he take a bottle or was he refusing it? When I was breastfeeding, he was refusing it. Yeah. But once he completely weaned off, he went for the bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very common. They, they become quite clever in what they want. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And now you have got a third little boy, Ashton, and are you breastfeeding him? Yeah. Yeah. And that's going really well. Again, he had a lip tie. So I think I've dealt with all little (laughs) different breastfeeding challenges along the way. So he's got a a lip tie, which made it a little bit painful and it made positioning a bit hard. Yeah. Um, Or he can't get great suction, but... Again, like it's, we've turned the corner. It's now easy. I also struggle with like a fast flow. So I can find that. Yeah. Both Kobe and Ashton struggled with that a bit. (laughs) So did you have Um, to kind of sit back to let them feed against gravity? You know what I like? I like laying down on my side and feeding them that way. Yeah. Yeah. That I love is that. the best because yeah. you're not hurting your back trying to <laughs> hold them. And that is the most comfortable way to feed, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. If I see girls around that kind of four to six week mark, I'm always like, right, do you know how to do side lying feeding? If not, let's just find a bed and teach you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the best way to feed, I think. Yeah, agree. And with your upper lip tie, did you notice that straight away? Did you notice that he couldn't flange his lips out? No, it wasn't until I think the six week appointment with the child health nurse where she said, oh yeah, he's got a lip tie. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And then it all, yeah, it all makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. And so I love listening to your breastfeeding journey because I feel like you've had you've literally had it all, haven't you? I mean, you've had upper lip tongue tie, you've had clefts and feeding difficulties and babies in neonatal intensive care unit. And now you've said you've had fast flow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And the other challenge is the oversupply. Oh gosh. Yes. Right. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time because Ashton, you know, he's 
three months now and he is trying to sleep through the night, which is great. Yeah. But <laughs> for my boobs, it's not. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I wake up and they're engorged and then, you know, the risk of mastitis, it's just, yeah. 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 So have you had to do with any of your boys, have you had to do block feeding and ensuring that you give one breast a bit of a break or are you still yeah. just demand feeding? I'm just demand feeding. I'm not yeah. organised enough to do the block feeding. But I do alternate the sides. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some girls who have really, really hard time with oversupply, we will say feed on the left-hand side as much as you want for four hours, giving your right-hand side a break. And then when four hours comes up, feed as much as you want on the right-hand side. So your boobs get a set break. And sometimes that can slow down supply. Sometimes not, but sometimes that can slow down supply as well. There you go. I'm giving you some... I'm giving you some lactation right. consulting at the same time. <laughs> I'll definitely have to give that a go. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like you're such an inspiration with this business that you have going and that you have you started. Can you tell me why you decided to start working kind of online and for yourself after you had children? Yeah, so... As you know, Taman was born with his rare craniofacial syndrome. So I couldn't return to my corporate career as an insurance broker. Yeah. So I just looked for a way to, you know, build a business from home and it all just started from there. Wow. Yeah. And so what I would love to know is, are you one of these super organized people, say on a Sunday evening, organizing how you're going to sort your workout and your life out over the week or do you just kind of fly through the days and just do what you need to do because I feel like you're such an inspiration yeah no I it changes all the time and I have to just allow it to like I would love to have an organized schedule but I am totally aware that that's not always possible with kids so I've learned to just go with the flow a lot (laughs) so I try to be organized. I try to schedule my week, but if it doesn't work out, I'm also not hard on myself. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And would you like to give kind of our listeners who are also in this position working from home or trying to start a business or just trying to manage, you know, small young children at home and run a household. Do you have any kind of last tips for them as to how they can successfully do what, you know, you're doing? I would say find your circle. So try and find networks or groups of people that you can hang around with that are also in a similar place to you and are wanting to grow their business. Sometimes that's local networking communities. Sometimes that's online Facebook groups. Just so that you can learn from other women who are experiencing the same things as you. But I'll also say that you've got to just take your time and not get too stressed out. Because <laughs> if we try to build our businesses too fast, we get stressed and then that stress filters down into our little kids. So yeah. Yeah. take it easy on yourself and just do your best. Yeah, no, no thank you for that. Now, Jess, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain today. I'm so thankful that you have shared what you've shared today because 
obviously with your first baby, Taman, he would have been a really hard, it would have been a really hard time for you. And for you to chat about that and to give some insight into feeding difficulties and, uh, you know, dealing with long stays in hospital, that certainly wouldn't have been easy. And then to also talk about your other breastfeeding journeys and how you just navigate motherhood with three little boys. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. That's okay. I'm happy to help. (laughs) All right. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope you got something out of it and at the very least made you feel not so alone in your breastfeeding journey. Share it with a friend who you feel may benefit from it or leave a review on your podcast streaming app. The more this podcast is shared and reviewed, the more women can benefit from this because we need to talk about breastfeeding more. Bye for now.